Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a series, Destruction, as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 18, verse 2. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The Syrian was conquering, and these Ethiopian ambassadors, big, tall, dark-skinned, handsome men, were there trying to get Judah to join with them in a confederacy to withstand this invasion from Assyria. And Isaiah was counseling against the confederacy not to make a covenant with them, for God was going to watch over them and take care of them and don't get involved in a, in a treaty, uh, mutual defense pact with these Ethiopians. So woe to the land. God is pronouncing the woe that is going to come upon Ethiopia that sends the ambassadors by the sea. They came in these boats down the Nile River from Ethiopia, and the boats of bulrushes were light so that when they get to the rapids and all, they could carry them and then put them in. And they came from Ethiopia in these boats of bulrushes to Israel, or to Judah, the southern kingdom, and sought then to make this covenant, saying, Go ye swift messengers to a nation that is scattered and peeled, to a people that is awesome from their beginning hitherto, a nation that is meted out and trotted down, whose land the rivers have cut through. All ye inhabitants of the world and the dwellers upon the earth, see ye when he lifts up a sign upon the mountains, and when he blows a trumpet, hear ye. For so the Lord said unto me, I will take my rest, and I will consider in my dwelling place like a clear heat upon the herbs, and like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the bud is perfect and the sour grape is ripening in the flower, he shall both cut off the sprigs and the pruning hooks and take away and cut down the branches. So Isaiah is saying we don't need to make a covenant with these people. God is going to take care of them. He's going to cut them down before they're able to really fully develop. And so here is the prediction of a serious destruction by God. They shall be left together unto the fowls of the mountains and the beasts of the earth. And the fowls of, shall summer upon them, and all of the beasts of the earth shall winter upon them. In other words, the, the vultures will eat the carcasses during the summertime, but there are so many by the time winter has come, even the animals, the coyotes and all will be eating the bones of them even through the winter time. In that time shall the present be brought to the Lord of hosts of a people scattered and peeled and from the people awesome from their beginning hitherto, a nation meted out and trodden underfoot whose land the rivers have cut through to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, the Mount Zion. So the prediction of a serious destruction by the hand of God and no need to join hands with the Ethiopians in a mutual defense pact because God is our defense and God will take care of us. Now he turns to Egypt. The burden of Egypt. Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud and shall come into Egypt. And the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence and in the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. 
And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians. So God is speaking here of a civil war. And they shall fight everyone against his brother and everyone against his neighbor, the city against city and the kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be civil turmoil and war within Egypt. And the spirit of Egypt shall fail in the midst thereof, and I will destroy the counsel thereof, and they shall seek to the idols and to the charmers and to them that have familiar spirits and to the wizards. And the Egyptians will I give over into the hand of a cruel Lord. A fierce king shall rule over them, saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts. And then he begins to make some very interesting predictions. The waters shall fail from the sea, and the river shall be wasted and dried up. And they shall turn the rivers far away. The word there is translated in one of the new versions. And they shall dam the river far away. And the brooks of defense shall be emptied and dried up. And the reeds and the flags shall wither. And the paper reeds by the brooks, by the mouth of the brooks, and everything sown by the brooks shall wither and be driven away and be no more. The fishers also shall mourn, and all they that cast their hook into the brook shall lament, and they that spread their nets upon the waters shall languish. Moreover, they that work in fine flax, and they that have weave the network shall be confounded, and they shall be broken in the purposes thereof, all that make the sluices and ponds for fish. Surely the princes of Zon are fools, and the counsel of the wise counselors of Pharaoh is become brutish. How say you unto Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise and the son of ancient kings? Now, here is a prediction that the river shall be dammed far away. The Aswan Dam surely answers to this prediction. As early as 1970, they began to discover some of the ecological problems that were created by the building of the Aswan Dam. In a report made to the Congress and has become a part of the congressional record, number S3448, in a ecology report, the first thing that they <laughs> drew the attention to was the smog in Los Angeles as an ecology disaster. But the second thing uh, was the DDT problem that since have, has been resolved by laws. But then the third thing was Egypt. And here's what was said. The Aswan Dam has slowed down the Nile. 600 miles downriver, the sandbars have stopped building up on the delta. The Mediterranean is flooding the delta, and one million fertile acres have disappeared under salt water. Below the dam, snails carry the blood kooks of cystosomycosis, and thousands of men and women and children are going to die of this painful, cruel disease. The Nile no longer carries its nutrient-rich sediments out to sea and the fish are disappearing and the fishing families are moving to the slums of Cairo and Alexandria. That source of food is disappearing. Also oxygen from the loss of the greenery and water. Now, 10 years later, as further studies are made concerning 
the ecological damage of the building of the Aswan Dam, the first thing, of course, that the prophet here does talk about is the saltwater intrusion into the delta, the rich delta farmland area. And this has continued. The idea of, of damming up the Aswan was, of course, to create a control of the water flow into the irrigation canals and so forth, and hopefully to open up thousands of new agricultural acres by the irrigation projects. But they have discovered that through the saltwater intrusion into the most fertile area of Egypt, into the delta, the Nile Delta, through the saltwater intrusion, they have lost over twice the acreage, agriculture acreage, as they were gaining. You see, it used to be at the flood tide as the Nile River would bring the silt and all into the Mediterranean that it built up these silt dams against the Mediterranean, creating this very fertile delta area, much like we have down in El Centro and so forth, that fertile area that has been built up uh, by the Colorado over the years. Now with the Nile no longer flooding, they've lost the agricultural area by saltwater intrusion from the Mediterranean, first thing he predicted. But not only that, all of the reeds and so forth that used to grow along the Nile were killed because there is a little snail that sort of feeds, eats at its roots, but it used to be carried away every year in the flood season. But now that there is no more flood season, these little snails have destroyed all of the reeds and everything that used to be along the Nile River, even as Isaiah said. Now, in 1970, the fishing industry was beginning to disappear. It has now totally disappeared. It doesn't exist. They do not have any more fishing industry. There in the Mediterranean, uh, there used to be tremendous schools of fish that supplied Egypt with one of its greatest protein sources. Just an overabundance supply of fish because they would feed on the rich nutrients that were carried by the Nile River on into the Mediterranean Sea. But now that there is no great flooding and the carrying of these nutrients in, the fish, they don't know what happened to them, if they've just left and gone someplace else or have just disappeared, but there is no more fishing industry. It is amazing to me that 2,700 years ago, God inspired the prophet Isaiah to not only prophesy the building of the Aswan Dam, as they will turn away the river far away, but also to prophesy those ecological disasters that would be created by the damming of the Nile River. There has even been suggestions by the Egyptians that the Aswan Dam be blown up <laughs> in order to seek to correct the ecological disasters that have resulted from its building. It is interesting then that at the end of the prophecy, he sort of takes off against those engineers and counselors that advise them to build the Aswan Dam.
The counselors of Zoan are fools. <laughs> the counsel of the wise counselors of Pharaoh has become brutish. How can they say, I am wise? I'm the son of the ancient kings. Where are they? Where are the wise men? Let them tell you now. Let them know what the Lord of hosts has purposed upon Egypt. These men are so wise. Now let them tell you. You know, God has already told you what damages are going to happen. These men are so wise. Let them tell you what God has purposed. The princes of Zon are become fools. The princes of Noph are deceived. They have also seduced Egypt, even they that are the stay of the tribes thereof. The Lord hath mingled a perverse spirit in the midst thereof, and they have caused Egypt to err in every work thereof as a drunken man who is staggering in his own vomit. What a graphic picture. Neither shall there be any work for Egypt which the head or the tail or branch or rush may do. In that day shall Egypt be like unto women, and it shall be afraid, and fear shall because of the shaking of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he shakes over it. And the land of Judah shall be a terror unto Egypt. And everyone that makes mention thereof shall be afraid in himself because of the counsel of the Lord of hosts, which he has determined against it. And so interesting as we look at the uh, situations today and see how clearly and uh, concisely, God has actually spoken of these things. The land of Judah, even again, becoming a terror unto Egypt. In that day shall five cities in the land of Egypt speak the language of Canaan and swear to the Lord of hosts, and one shall be called the city of destruction. In that day shall there be an altar unto the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar at the border thereof to the Lord. And it shall be for a sign and for a witness unto the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt, for they shall cry unto the Lord because of the oppressors, and he shall send them a savior and a great one and shall deliver them. And the Lord shall be known to Egypt and the Egyptians shall know the Lord in that day. In that day begins to go ahead into the future, into the day of the Lord. When God is going to work of course, in the coming of Jesus Christ throughout the world, but Egypt is going to become a, a, a religious center for the worshiping of the Lord. Right now, of course, Egypt is strongly Muslim. They have laws in Egypt against witnessing, proselytizing. It's capital crime. If you seek to lead a Muslim to Jesus Christ in Egypt, you could be put to death. It's a capital offense to seek to convert a Muslim to another faith. But in that day, the Lord shall be known to Egypt, and they'll know the Lord, and they will do sacrifice and oblation. Yea, they shall vow a vow unto the Lord and perform it, and the Lord shall smite Egypt, and he shall smite and heal it, and shall return even to the, they shall return even to the Lord, and he shall be entreated of them and will heal them. Now Egypt will be smitten by the Antichrist, actually, uh, when he takes his forces and he starts a move towards Africa to conquer Africa. He will pass through Egypt, he'll get to the borders of Ethiopia at which time tidings out of the north and the east will trouble him, for he will hear that the Chinese have been 
moving their armies westward, and he will turn in all of his fury to meet the invading armies of the east and of the north, the regrouped forces of Russia, and they will meet in a deadly conflict in the valley of Megiddo. So Egypt is going to suffer. They will be conquered by the forces of Europe as they begin their invasion of Africa, but it is an invasion that will never be completed because as soon as Egypt is taken, as they start to move against Ethiopia, is when the news comes of the invading forces from the east and from the north, at which time the Antichrist will turn to meet them with the European forces and thus the Battle of Armageddon. Now, in that day, the day of the Lord, after he has healed them and established them, actually Assyria, which is modern-day Iraq, and Egypt will have a highway going between them, passing through Israel, and the three nations will be joined together in a beautiful harmony and accord in the glorious day of the Lord. It shall be that Israel shall be a third with Egypt and Assyria, even the blessing in the midst of the land, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, mine inheritance. And so God's glorious work in that day, that day when Jesus comes to establish God's kingdom. Now, in chapter 20, Isaiah predicts that Assyria is going to waste both Egypt and Ethiopia. In the year that Tartan, which is the title, which means the commander-in-chief, Tartan, the commander-in-chief, came unto Ashdod, one of the major cities of the Philistines. It is now a seaport city of Israel. When the commander-in-chief of the forces of Assyria under Sargon came to Ashdod and took it at the same time, the Lord spoke by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Go and loose, loose the sackcloth from off your loins and put your shoes off your feet. And so he did, walking naked and barefoot. And the Lord said, Like as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years for a sign and a wonder upon Egypt and upon Ethiopia, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptians' prisoners and the Ethiopians' captives, young and old, naked and barefoot, even with their buttocks uncovered, to the shame of Egypt. And they shall be afraid and ashamed of Ethiopia, their expectation, and of Egypt, their glory. And the inhabitant of this isle shall say in that day, Behold, such is our expectation. Where can we flee for help to be delivered from the king of Assyria? And how shall we escape? So it was a um, sort of a method by which the conquering armies would seek to disgrace the conquered people is by making them march naked. Now, it is interesting that God would tell his prophet Isaiah to walk around naked for three years so that it would be the sign to the people. So Assyria is going to embarrass 
both Ethiopia and Egypt by conquering them and leading away their captives naked. And, and their confederacy together is not going to stand. And that is why Isaiah is saying, don't make a league with Egypt. or e Don't look to them for help against Assyria. Look to the Lord. If you look to man, if you look to the arm of flesh, they're going to fall anyhow. Now, the counsel of God is, is pretty much perennial in that God is encouraging us to look to Him for our help and for our strength and for our defense. Don't look to the arm of flesh. Don't look to the arm of man to help you because man can fail. The Lord will not fail. And so this was the message of Isaiah unto Judah and to King Hezekiah to trust in the Lord. Don't trust in an alliance and an agreement because these nations are going to fall to Assyria. You trust in the Lord, the Lord will take care of you. And as we trust in the Lord, we can be sure the Lord will take care of us. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 18 through 20 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you, continue to bless you. May the Lord's hand be upon your life this week. May you experience God's power working in your life in a very special way. May you be enriched in all things in Christ Jesus. May you experience a time of growth this week as the Lord draws you into closer fellowship with himself. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Come along on an exciting adventure as Pastor Chuck reads the story of the Ten Commandments to children. God wants us to keep the Ten Commandments, but we just can't do it. So Jesus came and did it for us. Featuring Pastor Ken Graves as the voice of God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. 
Honor your father and your mother. And Pastor Poncha Juarez as the voice of Moses. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And so many others. No, I will not let God's people go. Oh no, here comes the water. Go back to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh to release my people. To order the story of the Ten Commandments book by Pastor Chuck, which comes with the audio CD as a gift, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview of the book, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.